This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. The producer side of the U.S. economy has been weak for some time. You see that in all the manufacturing surveys, CapEx intentions are weak, ISM new orders are weak. So when you look at the producer side of the economy, there's no doubt that we are headed towards a recession. But the consumer, which is the larger part of the economy, $17 trillion out of a $25 trillion economy, has held up for longer than most anticipated. What is the bottom-up evidence on the consumer? We see all the top-line numbers, University of Michigan, all the macro numbers in terms of consumer spend, retail sales. But what are companies saying about the health of the U.S. consumer? We are speaking today with Michael Lasser, U.S. hardline retails analyst. Hey, Mike, great to see you. Thanks very much for making the time. Right, so as the first question, you know, for 15 months, we have seen U.S. retail sales in real terms gradually rising. So they're almost unchanged over a two-year period. They have been rising quite gradually. Uh, that's the macro number. But I wanted to ask you, what is the evidence from companies on the health of the U.S. consumer, Mike? So the, the evidence from the companies is that the consumer right now is steady, but being increasingly discerning with what uh, he and she is spending on. For example, uh, over the last several months, there's been particular weakness in some of the categories that were very strong over the last few years, such as consumer electronics, home furnishings, uh, sporting goods equipment. And this is coming as a result of the excess consumption that occurred uh, during the heart of the pandemic, as well as a shift to services uh, with particular strengths in areas like uh, restaurant spending, uh, leisure and travel spending. So overall, what we're seeing in the results of the discretionary and non-discretionary retailers is that the consumer is being more choiceful now than uh, 15 months ago. We expect that to continue uh, for the foreseeable future. So as the consumer has to spend more money on non-discretionary goods like food, uh, household durables have been under more pressure. So uh, in aggregate, spending has been steady, but there are some patterns that are critical to watch on the health of the consumer. If we continue to see this uh, softness in durable spending, that's going to be more concerning for the health of the U.S. consumer over the next few months. Okay. Um, you know, we're pretty late cycle. The unemployment rate has been low for, for an extended period of time. And you would have thought by now we would be entertaining the idea of a, a recession. And one of the reasons we possibly haven't as yet is the excess savings that still carry on from the pandemic era. Is there evidence in your companies, in the way consumers are spending on the products of your companies that you cover, that there are still excess savings around? And, and do you have any sense of the distribution across income quartiles, for instance, across the entire income distribution, how those excess savings are spread? How, where, where are we in that process of excess savings being spent down in the U.S.? So based on the evidence from the companies that we follow, the consumer still has excess savings but it has diminished quite considerably over the last several years. In fact, the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco just published a paper that said the overall aggregate cumulative savings for the U.S. consumer has diminished from $2.1 trillion at its peak 
to about $500 billion currently. And this is uh, across income demographics. Now, the debate is whether that consumer wants to spend the entirety of the excess savings that they built up over the last few years. Our belief is no, and that the consumer wants to have some margin of safety uh, moving forward, especially as the consumer has seen this spike in inflation and they've had to allocate more of their spending power to non-discretionary goods. So Mike, and this may be a difficult and unfair question, so forgive me, but if excess savings is a relevant factor, do you think as these savings come down to a minimum threshold, which you're saying is non-zero, they come down to a minimum threshold that there would be sort of a non-linear catch down in spending uh, by the U.S. consumer? That's right. Over the course of this year, we expect the excess savings to further diminish and not go to zero. But as the savings is worked down, it's going to create more volatility in consumer spending as this funding source is no longer driving spending to the degree that it has over the last couple of years. And that the timing of that catch down, you're thinking Q3 or Q4? Uh, by Q3, this is going to be um, largely exhausted. And by Q4, this is going to be much less of a driver than it's been. Interesting. Now, are we already seeing any signs of downtrading of the U.S. consumer? So, absolutely, Bono. There are, there are signs that the consumer is starting to trade down. For example, Walmart noted that they're seeing the consumer buy less fresh food and more frozen food, with frozen food being less expensive as a sign that the consumer is facing pressure. Uh, the auto service companies are indicating that they're seeing longer intervals with the consumer is waiting uh, an extended period to work on their car. So there are key indicators that the consumer is uh, starting to trade down. And we expect that as this excess savings is further worked off, that these trade down indicators are only become more abundant. So interesting. That's, that's really, really useful. And, and lastly, Mike, uh, what are the signs that you're watching, the key signposts that you'd be monitoring to understand where the U.S. consumer is going from here? So there's a couple important points here, Banu. Number one, uh, tax refunds in the United States have been about down about 10% year over year, and the consumer tends to spend that tax refund over the course of 90 days. So if we don't see these discretionary durable categories start to improve, it's going to be a sign that this is not just a function of temporary factors like lower tax refunds. It's going to be a sign that the consumer is facing increased stress. The second area that we're critically watching is just the labor market. The consumer tends to spend to their income statement. And if the labor market weakens from here, that is going to be the critical factor to determine the direction of consumer spending in the United States. Okay, so uh, a lot to take in there. So let me try and see if I can summarize your views. Your, your, your overarching theme here, Mike, if I've understood it, is that the U.S. consumer is, I think it's a little harsh to say living on borrowed time, but certainly the direction of travel is weaker, right? Um, it, this consumer has been steady for some time. Your first point was that while sort of underneath the headline of being steady, there have been shifts where the consumer has been moving away from, not just from goods to services, but also from the discretionary spend to the more expensive non-discretionary spend, taking a larger part of the overall overall share. 
We spoke about excess savings, which I think was really the core of this debate, and you said that that has been responsible for retail spend being quite high, but that you see that as a fading uh, tailwind for the U.S. consumer. Importantly, by late Q3, Q4, you think that that will no longer be a tailwind, and you could see a catch down in retail spend by the U.S. consumer. You are seeing signs of downtrading. You gave that very interesting example of moving away from fresh food to frozen food and also uh, the delays in, uh, in, in auto spend. And what's going to determine the direction of the U.S. consumer from here? First, you'll, you're watching how the consumer spends post the tax refunds. If you don't see a pickup in three months' time, you will see that as a sign of weakness, fundamental weakness. And of course, you're going to be watching labor incomes very closely from here. Um, so I hope that summarizes your views reasonably, Mike. Would you disagree with any of that? Yes, perfect, Manu. Great job. All right. Thanks very much, Mike. Thank you for your time and thank you for yours. This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation, nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regular regulatory or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2023. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.